All right, Ben, I think I'm going to be presenting this one, to be honest. Hang, hang on, mate. No, it, it's going to be me. You weren't here last week. You didn't turn up. I'm on presenting duty now. Ben, not being funny, but this is the biggest podcast of the season. I need to present it. What? Are you taking the piss? This is an outrage. Everyone knows I'm the best presenter around here. Right, Ben. You can do it, but you've got to nail this intro. Get it right first time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Drizzers of Wither... Should we just get on with it? Um, Yeah, what a day, what a Saturday, what a three o'clock game that was to watch. I don't know how to start this. Um, I've been brought back into the fold, much like Darren Fletcher. I probably don't deserve to be here, but somehow I am here, so you're going to have to put up with me. David, how... Are you doing? I'm guessing there's a bit of a, a sore head potentially this morning, maybe some heavy eyes. Yeah, there's a sore everything, sore head, sore eyes, sore heart, really. Um, it was not my favourite day yesterday. Um, yeah, the the new positive Wizards of Drivel lasted a long time, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if the mood of the podcast has actually no effect on what happens on the pitch. Who mm. who would have thunk it? Um, try to remain positive. Just said today before the podcast, we sort of did try to stay positive last week and it has done nothing. Um, an absolutely turgid affair once again um, and we're going to discuss it now. But I'll start with some three-word reviews as we always do. Starting with a classic, Fat Twat Charlie. Um, I've said that a few times. Relegation certainty realisation. I like that because it doesn't really make any sense, but the three words are all very good. Yeah, good alliteration there. Yeah, like it. Championship nah nah nah, except for falling off into four words. Fair enough, I think, for that one. They don't care. Burton away day. Have no words. We are doomed. Keep the faith. Down, down, down. Feels like defeat. Um, I, I like the contrast between we are doomed and keep the faith. I think uh, most Stoke fans probably position themselves at either end of that spectrum. There's not many who are nailing or sitting on the fence, rather. Um, uh, Burton away day was a good one, but uh, obviously they're going down as well. So uh, <laughs> that, that wish won't be granted unless Burton recover. Uh, but yeah, some pretty horrendous... Uh, I was going to say horrendous views. They're not horrendous views. They're horrendous reflections on our situation. Um, yeah. What a day. What, okay, right. I mean, I just wanted to bring up another three-word review. I sort of scrolled down. A lot of them are just to do with relegation. Someone said, Sido would have scored. And I'm guessing they mean the penalty. Not sure on that one, to be honest. We've been there before. But anyway, <laughs> let's, Dave... Share your views of that 90 minutes of of football that you witnessed Um, yesterday. I think I probably deserve it for not being... uh, It wasn't that I expected us to win, but I thought we would. I was really nervous going into it. It's, you know, biggest game of the season, as every game seems to be now. But I thought, right, Brighton aren't much cop. And we're at home, 
Uh, we've kept two clean sheets at home under Paul Lambert. We got unlucky at Bournemouth last week. We just need to keep a bit of momentum about us, keep that intensity up. And the the first half was as bad as anything we've seen this season. It was truly one of the worst performances I've seen from any Stoke side in my Stoke sporting life. And uh, there was a f- the fortunate thing for Stoke was was that the halftime whistle blew like shortly after a kind of free kick incident, which meant there was kind of a bit of confusion as to whether halftime the halftime whistle whistle had actually been blown, and that meant that the team got away with being booed off the pitch, which they would have richly deserved. Um, second half, uh, Paul Lambert makes the decision that should have been made an hour before kickoff. He takes Darren Fletcher off the pitch, hopefully for the final time as a Stoke City player. He brings on Saido Berahino for his, hopefully, final 45 minutes as a Stoke City player. And things do improve a bit. Uh, we get a bit more energy about us. We still don't look like a team that's going to threaten the goal very much. Juve and Berahino are nowhere. We're continuing to play long, as if Peter Crouch is still on the pitch, even though he wasn't in the 18 yesterday. Um Chupo Moten gets replaced and Hesse comes on and you know brings a bit of energy into the attack and uh, whilst we're not by any stretch playing well we're playing slightly better than Brighton are in the second half and uh, Yaman Jordan pulls a beauty out of nowhere and we 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 were probably value for the point and that's not saying an awful lot because Brighton were terrible um, and then, right at the end, we have kind of the perfect metaphor for Stoke City this season. Uh, just an absolute farce of a uh, penalty. Uh, a soft penalty that should never have been... Well, I don't know, maybe I'm being harsh there. A very soft penalty anyway. Uh, and we're given an opportunity to get a vital three points we don't deserve... And you talk about the kind of fine margins that Premier League status rides on. And Charlie Adam, I don't blame him for wanting to take it. And I probably think if you did a straw poll of Stoke fans before the penalty was taken, Charlie Adam would have been the the chosen penalty taker. Then you have the histrionics from Hesse. Just what, what is going on in the team where... We're getting that level of uh, marding in such a crucial moment. I just don't understand it. Uh, Adam has a penalty save. That happens. And then uh, he gets stuck in his own sort of time zone where everything's 50 times slower, allowing a defender 10 yards behind him to catch up with him. Should have been another penalty, but whatever. Then we get a corner, nearly score from a corner. Then we have a header cleared off the line and we come so close to a victory we don't deserve. It it was just... Everything about the game was kind of peak Stoke in its awfulness. You, You had the dire first half and you had the sheer kind of comedic farce of the final five minutes. I mean, I don't, 
Let's, well, we're screwed, but, it, you know, plenty to talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you say, there's nothing more that needs to be said on the first half, really. It was a rubbish display. I guess I think I've seen a few more people starting to sort of question the Lambert appointment in retrospect that I haven't seen mm. after any other moment, maybe. Maybe that's harsh, I don't know. Um, but anyway, that Shakiri goal, fabulous. What a moment. I bloody love him, and I know that you do as well, Dave. And I think I was watching it on a stream with a couple of neutrals, which is the worst position to be in, I'd argue, because I Mm. had to sit there and act like I didn't care. And then I I was almost in tears, and I was very glad that they left soon after the final whistle. Um, It was just... They asked me, actually, this is my point, they asked me what I thought of Shakiri in in his time at Stoke. And I think from a neutral perspective slash from someone who doesn't watch Stoke, i.e. any football pundit in the land, um, they might see Shakiri as sort of never meeting his expectations. And maybe there is a case for him not, but maybe there's too much expectation on Shakiri as a player. But for me, personally, what Shakiri's done for our football club over the years has just been brilliant for the moment. He's a man that's clearly going to suffer from injuries from time to time and this season the least luckily I don't really know what we've done if he'd got injured as much as he has done in previous seasons but he's been fit for most of it I think um, and boy he can hit a ball with his left foot in that area He, I don't think anyone in world football owns an area better than than Shakiri owns that sort of to the right of just outside the box maybe Ian Robin and him mm. can sort of discuss tips to be able to hit even more fucking great goals from that area but just and this one was different to his sort of screamers it was lovely it was curled it was right in the corner mm. and game on yeah um, I've felt really sorry for Jordan Shakiri at several points this season but none more so than yesterday mm. Um this is a guy who is, let's not forget, you know, Tyrion Lannister-shaped. He's not a tall man at all. Um, he, At one point yesterday, he drifted massively back into his own half to get the ball to try and make us go forward. Comments around me include, why has he gone so deep? What's he doing back here? Well, he's, he's creating an attack for us. Um, a few moments later, he... Uh, pings a ball across to Hesse, you know, a magnificent crossfield pass. Comments include things like, oh, he hasn't done that. Why didn't he do that in the first half? You know, he hasn't done that all game. Uh, Jean Shakiri uh, runs back, sprints back alongside his uh, fullback to win the ball back for Stoke, despite not him being that player at all. You, you can't imagine Zlatan doing doggies like that. But, Nonetheless, comments included, oh, he's actually putting a bit of effort in now, is he? Then he s- scores that magnificent uh, goal. Beautiful goal. Just mag- just fantastic. And <laughs> I turn around to, and I'm not like this, I'm not a confrontational person at all. Um, and I was just kind of like almost screaming in some some poor chap's face, like that's why he's in the team. That you've been slagging him off all game, and that he's just pulled us out the bag. He's just pulled us out the fire. Yet a bloody gain. I'm sick. I'm tired of Stoke fans who just don't get 
good players. I'm sure I'm sure Ricardo Fuller has it when he just uh, produced something out of nothing. Without Jordan Shakiri, we would be down already. I, we, we some fans do not deserve watching players of that quality if they're just going to piss and moan about them all the bloody time. He's going to sweep the board at the Player of the Season Awards. He's going to end the season our top scorer. He's going to end the season as our top assist maker. And he's going to end the season at another club. Because what what the hell must he think of the shower around him? Let's be honest. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, another issue around Jordan Shakiri and, and the appreciation of him as a, as a player is that is there be, is there, has there been a bigger misconception in the world of Stoke in the Premier League era than Jordan Shakiri doesn't care? Because I oh, don't oh, yes. know what um, people watch. Go on, I was, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, the Marco Anatovic is lazy misconception as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, very, my, I, the other one I was just thinking off the top of my head in a different area is, is Roy Delap being good at football. Um, obviously, but that, I think that's widely accepted now that mm. Roy Delap was sort of it wasn't just throws. I don't know, I d- can't remember back at the time, um, and obviously it was, I wasn't on Twitter as much, so it's mm. difficult to sort of be able to um, know what people are thinking. But anyway, Shakiri, he bloody cares if you. Maybe it's more difficult to see. Obviously, I watch a lot of the games um, on a stream on the on the television box, so I can see the close ups of his face. I can see the close ups of him geeing up the players around him, getting angry, maybe getting frustrated, probably. Yeah, he's pissed off, and I don't blame him. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's an easy target. Essentially, he's one. If the things don't go right for him, then. Like Arnautovic, you know, he, he might throw a strop. He might just kind of throw his arms up in the air and look at the rest of his team and be like, no, oh, what the bloody hell do I bother for? But there's a there's a reason he's acting like that, because the rest of the team is not as good as him. Um, yeah. Well, whew. yeah, he was one of very few players who came out of the game with any credit for me yesterday. Uh, you look around the team and there was kind of a, a combination of either players who put the effort in but didn't weren't you know technically capable or players who were technically capable but didn't put the effort in uh, but Shurden Shakiri fell into neither of those categories um it was just a, a weird old kind of mismatch of styles we seem to be playing as well the the back four seemed to be lumping it forward like I said, to to a non-existent Peter Crouch, and the the front players seem to be trying to play almost too intricate at times. It was trying to like we were trying to merge Stoke Alona with two thousand and eight Tony Pulis Stoke, and it didn't work. Do you think on a on a separate note now to Shakiri, do you think we'll end this season and we'll regret bringing in Kurt Zuma? As much as I love him, has he um, played a part in the fact that? Our best defender from last season hasn't played as much as he could have done. I mean, there's other factors, obviously, including injury, including the fact that we messed around over a couple of million pounds, so we didn't bring him in for the whole pre-season. But is it? Do you think it would have been better for us to find a different position? Because Kurt Zuma, again, he's really bloody fast and he he can tackle people. But did he have his best game, especially with the ball at his feet? Probably not. Ryan Shawcross, as well, his partner, not his not his finest moment. I don't know if I don't think signing Zuma was a, a bad decision at, at all. Really, I mean, considering at the start of the season when we did sign Zuma and then Martins Indy, 
and then Vimmer, we were like, oh my god, we've got too many too many defenders now. Um, but then once it became clear that uh, Vimmer was crap and Martins indeed was injury prone, then uh, it kind of we kind of kind of worked out in a horrible sort of way uh, that we we did end up needing him. I think he's been. Uh, really inconsistent Zuma. He he has had some very good games and he does have a lot of quality, definitely. But, I mean, yesterday he, yesterday I thought he was better than Shawcross, but that's not saying an awful lot. I thought Shawcross had one of his poorest games, particularly in the first half. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think Kurt Zuma's going back to Chelsea with any kind of, uh, reason to expect a, a place in the first team. Perhaps only Chelsea's recent form might give him cause for optimism, <laughs> but cer- certainly his, his Stoke form uh, hasn't been tremendous at all. Yes. Should we move on to those couple of minutes at the end of the game oh, where no. things actually happened and we still ended up heartbroken? I mean, yeah. It's it's really bloody horrible. Mm. Get a penalty. Charlie Adam runs to get the, the ball. Jess Hesse stakes his claim, throws a strop. Charlie Adam looks pretty confident. Hits a penalty. Gets saved. Good save, fair play. And as you said earlier, I don't understand how he has not got to the ball. I mean, they say a picture says a thousand words. I've got a lot of bloody words to say about that fucking image of him and the defender about five yards behind him, and he still doesn't get to the ball. I mean, in his defence, I think he sort of slowed down himself to try and wait for the ball to drop. But in that situation, just just learn from Olaf and Jana. Just bloody hit it with any part of your body. Just knee yeah. it in. Just tummy it in. Just get <laughs> yes, your body totally just on it. Hit it. Oh, God. Um that yeah. is good. It's going to be a moment that is discussed for years to come, I feel. Yeah. It's going to be it, that, 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 that is the moment where it all went wrong. I mean, it probably oversimplifies horribly, but I can't help thinking in five years when we're in struggling in the championship, hopefully, that we'll look back to that <laughs> moment and say, why didn't Charlie Adam tummy it in and he'll be on 606 next to Robbie Savage, probably, and we'll have another figure to hate because it will be, Charlie, <laughs> why didn't you just score it? Mate, yeah, I I don't I don't get how physics was defied there. <laughs> it was just because you. I was trying to absorb it in like the the few seconds that it all happened the the initial save and then the rebound and then the foul and the and it was all like whoa what's going on? But I thought as the ball was popping out to Adam. I sit in the sed and stand, kind of dead on halfway, few few rows back. And the initial save was made and the Brighton fans are all going up cheering. And I thought, you mugs. In, yeah. that, in that split second, I thought, you mugs, he's burying this rebound now. Literally, there is yeah. no way he's not burying this rebound. Wait, hang on. Wait, what? what how? 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 It's exactly what I thought. I've never, I've never felt... In that, as you say, I literally felt the same in that split second moment when the ball was saved. I've never felt more like in that very short period of time, more like it's going in. It doesn't matter because I was like, "Yeah, it's a goal still. We're going to win. We've we've stolen the points. That's all that matters." But somehow, yeah. Ah. Now on the um, 
the histrionics. Uh, I don't understand because this has happened before at Stoke. Um, if you remember our championship days, probably not many of you, lol. Um, <laughs> we once beat Norwich City 5 0 at mm. the Britannia Stadium, and Carl Herfkins and Danny Higginbottom had a tiff over a penalty. Uh, I think Herfkins wanted it, but Higginbottom had uh, taken it off him. We scored the penalty, and everything was fine. So there is kind of a, a precedent for things like this at Stoke. I don't understand why any football club would not have a list of penalty takers. Number one, right, in, like in my head, there should be a, like just a, a notice on the dressing room bo- uh, wall. One, Charlie Adam. Two, Jordan Shakiri, Three, Hesse. Four, Joe Allen. Whatever it is. I don't get why that isn't the case. Now, it might be the case that Charlie Adam is the designated penalty taker. But then why did he run over quicker than he did for the bloody rebound to to get the ball before anyone else? And, and again, this isn't to criticise him for wanting to be the penalty taker at all. But I don't get why there, there needs to be a, an, in, an inquest before the mm-hmm. most crucial bloody moment of the season. It was just embarrassing. It was awful. I mean, I think Shakiri did want to take one as well, but his his he just kind of asked Charlie Adam, but Charlie Adam was a bit like, "Nah, nah, you're not having this." Whereas Hesse yeah. was more demanding of it. Um, I respect that. I I guess oh, it's such a difficult issue. It's such a weird thing, isn't it? Because I know some people have been saying, "Oh, Charlie Adam." wasn't affected by Hesse, Charlie Adam was, we don't know. And it's literally everyone yeah. who's saying that is just guessing it. There's there's no way of even Charlie Adam knowing if what Hesse did affected the outcome of mm. that penalty. Who knows if the Brighton goalkeeper sort of stood a bit taller because of the fact that he felt a bit more confident. There are so mm. many different factors in that one single kick of a football that it's impossible to tell. So in my opinion, speculating, as much as this podcast often is about speculating, I don't really see the point. Um, the yeah. issue is for me with Charlie Adam being the number one, and I know he is, that is his thing. Like he takes good penalties normally and he's missed one. Mm. That's unlucky. And on another day, it might not matter as much, but obviously this is a huge penalty. Massive shame. I would question, talking about that list, if a player who isn't playing most of the time should be at the top of that list. Does that make sense? I think... Yeah. When you've got a player like Jordan Shakiri, who's literally a, a, a free kick specialist and probably then very good at penalties as well, he should be at the number one list because he's going to be starting most games. He plays for most of them, especially under Lambert. He doesn't get bloody subbed off at 60 minutes now. And he's good at them. So for that reason, he should be on the top of the list for me. But again, it's a moot point. It's happened. Maybe he won't get another season for the, another penalty for the rest of the season. Who knows? If mm. we do, bloody have the person know that he's going to take the penalty and don't allow anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Um, it was, yeah. I, I, I take your point about like players who... who didn't have that much pitch time mm. uh, taking the penalty. I mean, if Charlie Adam hadn't come on for and die, which uh, I'm not sure if I'd have made that sub myself, 
if Charlie Adam wasn't on the pitch then I suspect Shakiri would have taken it and maybe Shakiri and Hesse would have been the the enduring image of the season maybe they would have had a squabble over it or whatever um I think you just choose your best penalty takers yeah. literally by like have a day in training where they all take 50 pens or something and then so and so is number 1 so and so is number 2 and if if they're on the pitch then it's number 1 number 2 but any anyway the bigger the bigger issue is that the first half we just we didn't look like a football team we were just absolutely dreadful and had we not had we been anything like a competent side in the first half then we would have won the game and uh we're kind of really just uh stuck in an awful situation now and uh, there are a lot of people calling for various board members to go. Uh, there's still a lot of anger there for Hughes over the, the squad we've been left with. Um, yeah, and like you said, there's there's been a lot of criticism for Lambert as well, which I'm not really blaming Paul Lambert for this mess because the, the problems are so deep-rooted that any individual issues I have with Paul Lambert's team selection and, and substitutions and the like... I think aren't the aren't the big talking points. The big talking points is we've got a imbalanced squad full of either mercenary players who don't give a toss or outright bad players in key positions. We haven't improved in key areas that we needed to. We misspent money big style on Imbula, Berahino and Vimmer and the attitude for most of the season has been to bury our heads in the sand and the the line what's all the fuss about I think will be could be Peter Coates's Stoke City epitaph I think it's that'll be you know said in a hushed tone around the pubs of Stoke and Trent for a while I remember when Peter Coates said what what were you worried about but by the way we're playing Shrewsbury tomorrow that kind of thing it's just really really sad and I think that metaphor point you made earlier, I mean, it often happens in football, but the whole game does seem a metaphor for the whole season. There's just nothing going great for the most, for most of it. And then one mm. moment, or like, i.e. Paul Lambert coming in, is now going to be used as an excuse. As, as He's going to be maybe put to blame more than he should, like the penalty was put, is going to be put to blame more than it should, because, as you say, we should have sorted it out a long time <laughs> ago or a long time earlier in that football match. That might be a bit convoluted. But anyway, um, four points for one of the most important runs ever. And I, I mean, I've seen a few people saying that that's fine. I don't think it is fine. I think we've got bloody half games coming up. I, I, and I now look at those games in a completely different light. I'm looking at them thinking, if we can't beat Brighton and Bournemouth, then are we going to go away to Leicester and get anything? Probably not, but hopefully I'm proved wrong. Um, mm. Are we cursed, yeah. Dave? Yeah, I mean... Bloody Man United. I don't get it. Absolutely. Now, Newcastle have apparently signed Lev Yashin, who <laughs> pulls out, you know, the greatest goalkeeping performance of all time against Man United. And you, you've got Alexis Sanchez rounding the goalkeeper and then deciding to pause for no reason, and then he, he misses. Then you've got Martial, who should score at least four times in that match. You've got a disallowed goal. You've got... Um, I think there was there was another chance for Man United right at the end as well. 
And you're like, yep, yeah, this is just our luck. Everything is conspiring against us. And Huddersfield, Huddersfield, who we thought... Where's that from? We beat Huddersfield. They're shit. And then, and then they go and smash Bournemouth. You've got Swansea start, you know, becoming Barcelona. Um, yeah, Chelsea have decided to not try anymore, which means even Watford can smash them 4-1. Every, every club can be every other club, apart from Stoke, who can't be anyone. <laughs> we, 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 we are cursed. Um, I mean, the the only kind of thing we've got to cling to is that there are so many teams in this relegation battle and there there are so many bad sides that we may may fluke it maybe because any other Premier League season we'd be down already but there are so many sides who are this bad that, that it doesn't take a good side to stay up it doesn't take an even competent one to stay up um, yeah, I, it's just it's just been a horrible, horrible few weeks in terms of other teams' results, in terms of our own results. Um, the annoying, the most annoying thing on the fact, well, maybe not the most annoying thing. One of the annoying things about all of these bloody results is that normally they'd be hilarious. I'd be having mm. a great time. At, at I was supporting Man United to today. Yeah, I, same. I'm like. What what has happened to me? I, I love an argument with a United fan, but today I want you to win, and I don't know why. It's it's really yeah, a weird feeling, and I don't want it to continue. But then I, the thought has just flashed through my mind how great it would be if we if we pull it off. Because it, at this moment in time, I can't imagine it. I literally can't fathom us staying up. So I'm thinking. Oh my goodness! How joyous would that be? And then, and then, obviously, just a, a month or so later, we've got England winning the World Cup. So this could end up being one of the greatest <laughs> years of our lives. Who knows? The storm before the calm. Uh, where do we see? Where do we? Where are we going from here, Dave? What? What? What are your predictions? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to make a prediction. Like I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> if we're going down or not my my gut tells me we are but my gut's been wrong before um my intellectually i don't think there is an intellectual kind of decision that i can come to there are so many uh arguments like statistics wise to say yeah we are crap we are going down but there's also so many arguments that God, there are a lot of crap other teams as well. They could go easy as anything. And there's also the the thing that football is just a weird old game sometimes. And you you never know what could happen. We might go and beat Arsenal at Arsenal for no fucking reason. We probably won't. I'm 99.5% sure we're not going to go and beat Arsenal at Arsenal. But crap like that happens all the time in football. And... I just, I, if if I'm going to make a prediction either way right now, I'll say we are going down because if I get proved wrong, then at least I get proved wrong in the right way. <laughs> so you've you've got it for me. Stoke City are going down. Next season we'll be in the championship. And yeah, there we go. Oh God. Um, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sort of 
stay on on that game and and that. I've got a few questions. We'll rifle through them. We don't need to stick on them for too long. But thank you for getting in touch. Again, we've got some good ones. Um, Dutch Stokey has got in touch saying, what games will be must-win games for the remainder of the season? Well, Dutch Stokey, if you listened to the podcast last week, you would know that I think there are no must-win games because we just got to go in and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> so, Alternatively, yeah. all of them, all of them <laughs> will be must-win games when we come to play them. So that I think, I, I think there's your two answers. I, I mean, looking at it, I think I was doing, I was, I've been on a predictor website more times than I really care to. <laughs> and I think we need three wins from these next 11 games. And it's very tough to find out, to, to kind of assess where they will come from. I mean, Burnley at home, Palace at home, Everton at home, all on paper winnable, Southampton away winnable, Swansea away potentially winnable. They, yeah, and we might be playing teams with nothing to play for, but... I wouldn't be too confident in us winning three more games before the end of the season because I can't see where one win is coming from at the moment. Uh, yeah, we've so got, we, we've we, got need to win, we need to win three games, I think. And that'll take us to 34 points and I think we'll need 35 to stay up. So that's three wins and a draw. We've, yeah, I mean, there are games there that if we pull off a shock, then hooray. There are, there are a couple... Because imagine, I mean, there's been enough shocks, as we've said for the last few weeks. Imagine a win at home at Man City. Imagine. <laughs> um, let's let's just for one second forget about the misery and just imagine a win at the Emirates. Just, this could be the season. It happens. And it probably won't be, but I'm going to be sat there all the same, hoping it does. And I think that's the important, another important point to make, that despite all of this negativity, maybe especially from me today, but whatever... Everyone at Wizard of Drivel still bloody wants it. Every, every game to be a win for Stoke. However unlikely it looks, as yesterday did, we can pull something off, we hope. Um, Andy, why in the 10 years of Stoke in the Premier League have we never had a proven goal scorer? Pulis Hughes and now Lambert have had the same problem. Dot, 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 dot. Um, well, they're, they're 10 a penny proven goal scorers. Um, I mean... We we have had good finishers. I think Crouch in previous seasons has been a good finisher. I think Bojan was a good finisher, um, but there there are not many uh, kind of lower mid table sides that first of all have a you know proper goal scorer and then keep it keep a proper goal mm-hmm. scorer for any period of time. I mean, like James Beattie, I thought was a proper goal scorer, but then his career. At Stoke ended the way it did. Um, I mean, you put, it's been said before, but put Aguero in our team and he won't score anywhere near as many as he is for Man City. We don't create enough chances. I mean, there's been a lot of criticism for Juve after his performance yesterday, which I totally get. But, um, like, who who the hell do you play up front right now? Berahino is toilet. Uh, Crouch is... We've been... That, We've been awful with Peter Crouch starting, let's be honest. He's he's been really, really just detrimental to the whole team this season. I mean, Juve, as as you know, sad as it is to say, he is our best option. Unless, unless, hashtag, unleash Tyrese. Unless Tyrese Campbell comes and saves us, uh, it's 
it's due for up front. But yeah, we we don't have a proven goal scorer because we don't we don't sign him. Yeah, yeah. I I get his point. I think his point is yeah that we've never lit like for really for a whole season. We obviously James Beattie had his his stint. Um, others have scored every few games um, mm. at best. But yeah, we've never had someone that another club would come in for, which is a bit yeah. strange, maybe. Um, but at the same time, you look at other like Christian Benteke was the next best thing. He can hardly score these days because he's playing for a, an awful team, and I think that probably has something to do with it. We're just not as good as having a, mm. goal, a proven goal scorer. The, the only the only teams that have those sort of goal scorers are normally the best ones. Um, yeah. Chris Colwell, why even after the shambles of last two years do I still love Stoke City? Why, why, why? That's football, I guess. That's that's football. Um, yeah. If, if you want to know why people love football, then you should listen to our other podcast, Who Are You? It's about the fans perspective of their football clubs and their love for the game um yeah that was Shameless. a a paid for sponsorship um yeah anything to add on that no uh li- listen to who are your podcast um yeah football is an absolute arse sometimes but uh yeah it, it just does stuff to you doesn't it yeah it's it is weird though, isn't it? Because the, how many what what percentage of teams in in the UK are, are sort of or their fans of the teams are miserable? Um, it must be mm. I, obviously we can't put a true number on it, but it must be pretty damn high. Um, but you gotta love it for that. Um, we're going to be okay. Discuss. I mean, we have already discussed that. Um, define okay. I guess that's a. It, it needs more definition there for the okay because obviously whatever happens, we're probably going to be okay unless we go. Um, into liquidation but you've never seen a poor bookie so that's probably not going to happen anytime soon Andrew can we get out of this mess and more importantly will we again we've answered that kind of already would Stoke City be better off if they'd bought if magic beans or invested in bitcoin instead of spunking 50 million pounds on Zimmerframe, Berahino and Imbula well they can't get any worse could we so mm. there is that I want to see these could, magic beans if, if if that we could have bought. Yeah, yeah. How magic are these beans? Yeah. Can they play uh, in the number ten role? <laughs> can they play anywhere? Can can they replace pretty much every member of our team? Um, Keith, finally, um, Uncle Keith. Do you, wait, sorry. Do, do you reckon the Stoke boardroom have invested in Bitcoin, and that's why we've got no money to sign a striker, <laughs> and that's why we got so little for our best players like Nzonzi when we sold them. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's something in that. Maybe that's why Coach said there's nothing. Like, what is there, what's the fuss about? Because at that point they were sitting on this massive Bitcoin and they were waiting for the hype to start. And then it started, and they were like, "It's going to be okay. We're going to bloody buy Messi." And then it crashed again, um, and we haven't bought Messi. Maybe, probably not. Um, I, sorry, yet yeah, Keith, players to stay for fight for promotion next season. I mean, we could be here for a long time if we did that properly, but. I mean, it is worrying, isn't it? Mm. There's a lot of players on a lot of money that just don't seem like they would suit the championship. So I don't really know what would happen. Yeah, I think that's a whole discussion for if and when it happens. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I am interested in the question, you know, there's been a lot of talk on the social media about the, the fans, you know, will the fans stay around next season? Um 
And, you know, will it not be better to have 15,000 people there, but have 15,000, uh, in inverted commas, proper fans there? Um, uh, no, is my answer to that. <laughs> I think it will be awful in a half-empty bowl that is now feels emptier because we've added more seats to it this season. There's some more metaphor for you. Um, I ju- yeah, there's been a lot of... Um, Oh, dick measuring, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I I supported Stoke before with Premier League. This relegation thing doesn't concern me. I will still go. <laughs> well, that that's fine. But, you know, people will bl- lose their bloody jobs if we go down. So, you know, that's why I'm getting a bit irate about the current state of Stoke is because it, the relegation has a huge, huge knock-on effect. And I personally don't care, you know, if so-and-so is a better fan than so-and-so because... They were there before the Premier League. What I worry about is the future of Stoke City. And I don't care how good a fan you are. We need to fucking stay up. Because because I don't think we'll come straight back up, personally. Because it's a, it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and I do get annoyed by this kind of moral this moral hierarchy of Stoke fans that exists. And there's been, there's been some comments perhaps even directed towards us, Ben, uh, towards the, you know, the podcast boys and the like about, you know, will, will we still have the uh, podcast in the championship? Because, you know, uh, millennials and so forth, 2008 football manager, FIFA brigade. Um, and to be honest, I don't know. Maybe we will come back. Maybe we won't. It depends how busy, uh, you and I are Ben. It depends how busy uh, Chris is, and um, we might not come back. But if we don't come back, that's our prerogative. I suspect we probably will come back. I'm just being an <laughs> arse. Um, I, but yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Every, everyone's at each other's throats still, and it, it has been that way for a number of months, years, whatever. And maybe it always will be, regardless of things that happen on the pitch but it's a shame that it has to be like that for me because why does it matter even if someone's just turned up for the Premier League I mean it's the biggest league in the world and it's exciting yeah. and, it, and it means that the club get more money um, there were there were about 500 Chinese students at the ground yesterday on some kind of a cultural exchange where were they where were they in the third tier Ben <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed in because they didn't see Daryl Russell in the flesh or something. Some exactly. other average championship player. That, slash that should be the, the, the thing for entering to the ground is the Russell test. Just hold up a picture. <laughs> Who's this? That's Daryl Russell. In you go. <laughs> oh, it's like the, the Facebook group. I especially liked, I'm guessing it was you, Dave, the, the sort of when you go on Facebook and you have to join a team. And we've done it several times for Who Are You as well. Often they ask a question and there's a championship um banter group that you joined and the question is why are you joining you said Stoke just getting in there early and I just that cracked me up um so I appreciate that but maybe it should be the same as you say for entry to the to the bet 365 because well the other point that come up as well was that um this was just I think an individual who said that we've lost our soul oh it was the comment on BBC wasn't it because we oh, sold yeah. out and that, was, that was insane though that was genuinely <laughs> like off his rocker stuff <laughs> Because um, we we don't play in red and white anymore. I was you know horrified to learn. God, I, horrified to learn that I probably need to go to the opticians because I'm mm. still seeing red and white stripes. Um, 
Right, is there anything else to add, Dave, before we uh, wrap up? Yeah, I've got a, just a quick announcement to make about the Patreon podcasts. Um, and people, uh, eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listeners, can you be eagle-eared? I don't know. Um, you can may now. have not heard me on the podcast last week. Um, we've all been a bit busy. Uh, we, you're very busy, Ben, I know. Chris has a child, but is nonetheless <laughs> still busy. Um and we've got our other podcast to to look at. We both have jobs, I think. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're busy people, and you know, we might occasionally uh, once in a blue moon have a personal life as well. So that means, uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have as, as much time to devote to this podcast as we would like. Um, so with that in mind, I'm afraid that the Patreon podcasts uh, are going to be stopped. Now we. For people who have paid uh, kind of the $3 a month for those episodes, we will honour our commitment to making sure you've got your, you know, your full quota of episodes you've paid for. But from but from the end of this month, we will no longer be doing those uh, extra episodes for patrons. So if you want to stop paying, then go to your Patreon account and, and stop it right now, which is completely operative. Or if you still want to help us out by chucking in uh, a dollar a month or whatever, which is a few pennies, and uh, that Patreon money this season has helped us, uh, you know, go to away games. It's helped us go and meet Gordon Banks, Dennis Smith, etc. Um, and it's helped us uh, just do a load of great stuff, really, which we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So thank you so, so much for that. But unfortunately, uh, we can no longer commit to doing the episodes because... They take an awful long time to do. Uh, and I, I really hope you understand that this isn't just like we're getting bored of it or we're too lazy. It, it really is a a time thing. Um, but we are massively, massively thankful to everyone who's uh, given uh, whatever they could on, on Patreon. And if you want to keep helping us out, then uh, you feel free to do so. But uh, yeah, don't expect any more episodes. Cool. That's out of the way. Hopefully we'll be back next week. I mean, we'll be back probably, but hopefully we'll be back with a win. Um, also, We're not playing next week, are we? Oh, bloody hell. I'm gone mad. Um, well, actually, I'll be um, I'll be skiing uh, the next for the next game, so I might not be able to watch it. I'll be in Italy. Ben, so ben that's go. not a good metaphor either. <laughs> Going downhill rapidly. <laughs> Come on. Oh, God. Really? God, I... Yeah, that's probably going to happen, isn't it? On the sort of the ninetieth minute, as Stoke lose once again, I'll crash or something on on the. Wait, wait! You're skiing next week. You're not in the Winter Olympics, are you? <laughs> I d- maybe I don't know. I, I, one brief f- f- away from the sort of skiing and the banter. I did want to make a sort of um, newspaper newspaper esque uh, apologies and corrections just at this end moment of the podcast and say congratulations to Julian and Goy. Um, for scoring for Walsall last week, um, obviously disappointed our editor by not um, mentioning it. But we're very sorry to Julian Ngoy, his family, um, and anyone else affected by that that sort of oversight on my part. There we go. Well, well, well done, man. <laughs> right. Hopefully, we'll be. Well, will we be back next week then, Dave? Just a quick question for the listeners. I'm sure they want to know. Um. Uh. Maybe I don't know. Let's see what happens. Uh. We may uh, be doing some of those uh, 
Patreon, those final Patreon episodes, but um, I haven't decided yet, to be perfectly honest. Maybe Paul Lambert will be sacked midweek and we'll have to do a podcast about it. <laughs> Who that, knows? I think the sort that question could probably be asked to the Stoke players on whether they're going to turn up for our next game or not. Oh, Maybe. Yes. Maybe not. Anyway, go on Stoke. <laughs>